Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we have honest, explicit, sometimes wholesome conversations about sex, pleasure, joy, and connection. Come on over to PleasureMechanics.com, where you will find all of the offerings we have been creating for you since 2006. We are celebrating 15 years in Pleasure Mechanics uniforms, and at PleasureMechanics.com, you'll find a ton of resources that allow you to experience more pleasure, generate more joy, and create more connection on your own terms in your own life. We teach erotic touch, full body massage, mindful sex, erotic spanking, kinky sex, and more. And you'll find it all archived and indexed at PleasureMechanics.com. And be sure to sign up for our free online course at PleasureMechanics.com slash free. On today's episode, we're going to be unpacking a phrase that we use a lot around here. And someone recently wrote to us and said, what exactly do you mean by this? And we love hearing from you all. We love that this conversation has been going on for 15 years now. We've been in active conversation with you, our global community of pleasure seekers. And we really appreciate when you write to us and you share your wins and your questions and your struggles, but also these very simple questions like, what do you mean by this phrase? Because so much lies within each of these phrases. So on today's show, we are unpacking the phrase, get off script. How do we get off script when it comes to our sex lives? And what is left if we get off script, right? Does that just leave us like scriptless and having to improv in every moment? How do we create a sex life on our own terms uh, more authentically, but also with recognition that we're social creatures that need to be inspired by one another. So that's what we're getting into today. How do we get off script in all the ways? It's such a huge question. And it's valuable for us to look at how the scripts do run us and run our embodiment, the choices we make, what we feel like we're allowed to desire or not, how we express our gender how we have a marriage, a wedding, like scripts run so much of our culture. And so the first step is just looking at them and noticing how we're impacted. So what do we mean by script, right? When we say a script um, in the creative arts, uh, when we think about filmmaking, a script is a set of rules and cues and dialogue and character behaviors that run a scene. And What's amazing is if we look at our lives, as Charlotte just rattled off all of those areas, right? Everything from the clothes you put on in the morning to how you walk into your workplace, your relationships, um, and of course, then your sex life and how you express yourself as an erotic creature. How much of those decisions have been influenced by social scripts? that are based on your social identity, most of which was assigned to you at birth without any of your awareness, consciousness, consent, or choice, right? You were born into a certain family, subculture, uh, national culture, a specific historical moment. And so as social creatures, 
we are born into these social identities and especially perhaps now in today's modern world, our consciousness emerges saturated with media that then reinforces certain social identities and tells us to be a good X, Y, and Z kind of human. This is what you do. This is how you behave. This is the set of behaviors that are rewarded. This is the set of behaviors that are punished. This is the set of behaviors that will shame you and cast you out of social belonging. And what's interesting, right, is even two kids born into the same household, let alone two kids down the same block or across town from one another, we can all be born on the same day, but born into a different social script based on things like gender assignment, race, class of your natal family, uh, health of your natal family, mental health lineages, intergenerational traumas. Religion and how that impacts your family culture and what they believe and what they hold to be valuable and what you need to be in order to belong. Right. So it's both this historical lens, like how did you as a human drop into a specific body and the specific time and then a cultural social lens of those first four years, especially, and we as parents, our daughter is now seven years old, but as parents, you become very aware that those first four years of a child's life, and what's interesting is they will remember very little of it consciously, but they are formative in their sense of identity, who they feel they are in the world, what feels safe, their kind of emotional bandwidth and language. Um, and that so much is just influenced by like who you're born into, who's around. And it's not simple, right? Where you're born in sibling sequence can really affect scripts. And certainly these big categories like gender assignment and so much freedom and more possibility is being carved out now around that. But for most of us, that first utterance, it's a girl, it's a boy, which we know has no real like scientific basis anatomically, right? Where humans are on a spectrum of gender variance and anatomical variance, um, not a binary. And yet most of us were given a category and maybe even a colored hat and wristband. And from that moment forward, we're socialized and socialized not only along the axis of our gender, but again, all of these expectations of who we were taught we should be. And we're going to look at this word should in relationship to scripts, right? Um, and many of us have these narratives, right? And so another word that's going to come up is narratives, the stories we live into in our lives. And if you think for yourself, like what were some of your first self-awarenesses as a human? What kind of person were you told you were? Were you told you were a pretty girl, a good girl? Were you told you were a big, strong boy? Or maybe not. Maybe you weren't a big, strong boy in a family you were supposed to be. And that had so much to do with how you grew up. Maybe you felt inside to be a pretty girl and were being treated like a big, strong boy. How did that feel, right? What is your specific narrative and relationship to the scripts you were handed? 
And how have you had to shift or cut off or embody some of those qualities in order to gain belonging? Mm -hmm. Because this is a really painful truth that some of us have had to eliminate or make smaller in certain spaces, parts of us, in order to keep our sense of family or belonging. And as we grow, that begins to shift or it begins to become too uncomfortable or we make other choices and life unfolds. Yeah. And so we all are in relationship to this question. And then especially when we consider our careers. Whew. And like, so we grow up and then you start specializing and you're like, I'm going to be this type of human. So from like good, strong boy, you're like, I'm going to be a good, strong lawyer boy. And you start wearing the suits or you step into the heels that you think you need to wear to go work in the fashion industry or whatever role your career assigns you, the uniform sometimes. I work for a company and I'm given a uniform to wear. And so every morning I put that uniform on. And how does that make you feel in your body, right? Like there's so many ways our culture give us scripts that are forcing our bodies into certain embodied postures and power positionalities and expressions in this world. And how true is that for you? And then how much freedom can we claim when we start shredding the scripts, when we just start seeing it and being like, oh, wow, <laughs> like I've been acting this way as this kind of human trying to earn belonging and status and validation as this kind of human. What have I done towards that and what have I left out what have I forbidden myself what has been verboten what has been pushed away what am I ashamed of what parts of myself do I feel like I have to carve out in silence in order to be good these are the questions we inevitably have to confront when we look at these scripts that have dominated our lives and try to get more freedom around it when we try to experience what people write to us and they say, like, how do I be more authentic? How do I be more genuine with my sexuality? Like, who am I as a sexual being underneath all of these cultural shoulds? Away from all of this sexual shame, who are we? That's the kind of heart of this question when we look at our scripts. It's big. Mm. It's enormous because when we start looking at it, we see that we make negotiations every time we leave the house, Oof. right? Like, I mean, and within the house, but we uh -huh. leave like how sexy are you allowed to be or are you required to be within your workplace? Because depending on your work, you might actually need to be a bit sexy, but not too sexy because then you go over a line where you might be considered slutty, right? And depending on your workplace, it'll look and feel differently. But these are the negotiations we have to make. That's just one of the negotiations. That's just one. There's like a gazillion, uh -huh. right? Like how you express your gender. I mean, there's so much, but... How comfortable you're allowed to be. How much just, you can communicate with others. I mean... And this is just all clothing, yeah. right? And we're talking about scripts of what you say, how you feel in a social situation, what you're allowed to feel, the emotional bandwidth you're allowed to express. Are you allowed to be publicly angry? All of these questions kind of fold back into your social scripts and the social identities you've been assigned or claimed. And yeah, what happens when we confront all of that? And these are huge. So how can we look at what is one script that you might be bumping up against that you feel most uncomfortable or most aware of that can feel like 
could you make any space to shift just a little bit? Because we don't have to break all of the scripts apart immediately. Are you saying not to dissolve our entire identities <laughs> and all at once? But can we stretch? Can we like expand something in one direction that starts giving us a little bit more space, a little bit more freedom. And that might feel uncomfortable at first. And we've talked about these big arenas, right? Like your gender, racial identity, class status in this really, you know, hierarchical society. And these are all places of trauma, of oppression. And we need to acknowledge all of that. And then how do scripts show up in our bedrooms? Mm. How does the way we move our bodies, the pleasure we allow ourselves, the kind of sex we even imagine for ourselves that we think is accessible or possible or available to people like us, right? You start thinking about how narrow many of us have been given a script of sexuality when really on the show all the time we talk about this wide range of erotic possibility all of these options from, you know, solo, mindful sex to group, communal, kinky sexual experiences and everything in between. But most of us don't feel access to that. Most of us don't feel entitled or worthy or like people like us do things like that. Even in the space of fantasy, even in the space mm. of our minds, what we allow for ourselves what we let ourselves get turned on by. I saw recently someone talk about they were raised in purity culture. And even now, 20 years out of that, they only allow themselves to fantasize about married couples doing naughty things. Because that veil, even in their imagination of like, okay, they're married, then they can be sexual. So our brains, this a lot of this is around neuroscience and how we're wired and what we perceive as safe sexual turn-ons. And again, we'll have links in the show notes page. All of these conversations dovetail into many other conversations. And so we always try to provide you with links to continue the conversation in all the directions that you're inspired to week by week here on Speaking of Sex. We want to take a moment before we talk about how these scripts look like in our bodies, in our bedrooms, and the kind of sex we allow for ourselves. Let's take a moment and thank one of our episode sponsors this week, DipsyStories.com. Because when it comes to confronting scripts, it turns out one of the most useful tools is stories. Reading erotica listening to audio stories. This is one way we can immerse ourselves in this sea of erotic possibilities and think about what else is available to us. So Dipsy Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories, immersive soundscapes, and more to inspire your erotic imagination and turn you on. There are hundreds of stories to choose from and they release new offerings every week so there's always more to explore. You can experience what it's like to be spoken to by different kinds of voices with different erotic energies behind them in the first person stories that come at you like an eager lover. You'll find it all one stroke away at dipsystories.com pleasure. We love Dipsy so much we reached out to them to partner with this podcast so we could share this resource with you directly. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pleasure. 
That's Dipsy Stories, D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash pleasure for a full month of free access. And you'll find a link in the show notes page for easy access as well. Big thanks to Dipsy Stories for sponsoring this episode and providing our erotic imaginations with boundless inspiration. So when we talk about shredding scripts, I think sometimes the fear that comes up is if I don't have my script, what do I have to base my experience on, right? Like we are a social being and we sometimes need frameworks to like base our behavior on. And so we're not talking about going scriptless. We're talking about getting more in active agency with writing your own damn script. Mm with choosing who you are in this world, with confronting some of those systems of oppression that tell you who you should be and looking back at them and saying, no, thank you. I'm going to be me in my full power, in my full glory. And this is what that looks like. And this is what that looks like. And one way we get inspired is by turning to things like stories, movies, art, For all of human history, we have a history of creating art for one another to inspire one another. And how do we turn to that art with more open imaginations and say, what parts of this feel good to me? What parts of these characters turn me on and do I want to embody without so much of the constructs of because I am man I have to do this script like how do you blow it all open and choose from a more buffet style of social identities behaviors expressions so we can each come into more of like who we want to be and express ourselves to be so I'm hearing you say we can take examples of scripts of things that we feel inspired by and practice embodying it bring it into our experience of being a human and allow ourselves to be more fully expressed, have more choice around what we feel like we can desire, embody, say, become. Mm -hmm. Try things on, take them off when it's not working, right? Like if we think of it as clothing, which it's so much more than that, clothing, behavior, expression, life choices, relational choices, um, all of that kind of social behavior And we look at where do we have agency? Where do we have a little bit more choice? Where can we express ourselves? Even if that's in the inner sanctum, again, of our erotic imagination. Some of us need to start there. How do we get more free in our imagination alone? And we're going to have a lot more resources coming at you about this inner sanctum because it's one of my favorite places to play. In the erotic imagination, anything is possible. And you can open up worlds and then shut them down with just a thought alone. And then from there, some people start expressing themselves through masturbation alone and bringing in different kinds of clothing or toys or expressions or behaviors or experiences or stories from something like Dipsy to give themselves a little bit more permission to be a little more free in a certain direction whether that's gender expression or a kind of sexual act you've wanted or a kind of kink you've wanted to explore, like what within you wants to be expressed? And I think that's part of it. And then how do you take in media that supports your expression rather than limits it? Um, What scripts have you been clinging on to because you think they're your kind of ticket to a certain kind of validation or status? And maybe that needs to be reworked or looked at again. 
Um, I am a person of words and stories. So this metaphor really works for me when I think about scripts and stories and narratives and embodiment, um, because I can kind of feel in my body what it feels like to be different kinds of people. For other people, this is going to be a bit more subtle. And you can just look at like, what have I been denying myself? I actually really love to bake, but I've never had the guts to sign up for a baking class because I think I'm going to be the only dude there. But maybe if I do it, it'll be awesome. And it'll be like the best choice I ever made. It can be little things like that. These gender rules that have thrown up like no go zones and just kind of edging towards them. Like This is actually a safe thing to do. And maybe I'll meet my next best friend or my next girlfriend at the baking class. And that's part of it too. As we express ourselves and what what within us wants to be expressed, we come into connection and attraction with people who like those things too, who think that part of you is sexy and hot and exciting and inspiring. And this kind of connection, noting up with other humans who like expressing similar things or into the same things, A lot of how we express ourselves is kind of like peacock feathers. Like we throw up, you know, the leather jacket or we throw up the hand crocheted cozy or we throw up the, you know, very bright boots. And we kind of say, hey, who out there is attracted to this? Even if it's just passing a stranger on the street and being like, nice boots, those are awesome. It validates one another. It connects us. And that is part of this erotic connection we're talking about. When we say pleasure, joy, and connection, the connection is the social piece. And so much of that is made possible because we're expressing who we are and what we want to be into. One of the things I love about being in the community I'm in is that we get to mix and match expressions in a really individual way. So you can have the leather jacket, but also the sparkly feather (laughs) and be really into gardening, but also really into kink. And those combinations aren't mismatched in this world. Like we all are very complicated, erotic, human, creative beings. And in my sense, and this is something like as a community, as we get off script together more and more, we can explore As you light up more of who you are with a little bit more permission, do you feel more like held and in connection and in belonging with the world around you? When we give ourselves permission to allow ourselves to embody these expressions and choose our scripts and rewrite our scripts and improv in a very creative, playful way, because we feel safe doing so, right? And this is what needs to be named is for this to be possible. We need to make it safe for one another to be weird. And not problematize weird and like embrace it and be like, who are you? Show me all of your like, all of the all of the kaleidoscope of who you are. And that's the person I'm going to love. Weird, but also just different, different than what you might have expected. Like through this conversation, I'm thinking a lot about being a mother and being a good mother or being a valuable mother, right? There are so many ways that people have decided what is good, especially around sexuality. So in your family culture, there might be a lot of rules about how to be a sexual woman and be a mother. And that was a script that kind of crept in on you and really changed who you were expressing yourself to be, changed our relationship until we caught it. Yeah. 
because I had done so much work around being a woman and being a sexual woman in this world. But the script of mother kind of slapped me down and like there was a lot I needed to unpack. And you kind of named that for you, it's really fabulous to explore in your mind what different embodiments are. I think for me, having conversations with other people who are in similar situations, really intellectually unpacking where I am seeing these scripts move through me without my conscious awareness. So like intellectually unpacking the script so that then I can make a different choice and embody something different. And hearing like you're saying, so talking to other mothers about the mother script and how it was impacting you, externalized it and then kind of created the space to make more choice. Totally. It's so interesting. Because yeah. hearing more about other, how other people were navigating motherhood and sexuality, like it is such a huge cultural thing. So that is just one place I, I am thinking about this conversation through that. And as you started doing that, you started making different choices with your body. Yeah. So much of this then gets pushed through how we move our bodies in the world, how we allow our bodies to be met in the bedroom. As we said, the kind of sex you imagine or allow for yourself. And also the pleasure tools we buy for ourselves and the choices we make around how we express our bodies, what we do with our body hair, right? And our body hair everywhere. What choices you've made with the hair on the top of your head has a lot to do with the scripts you have been given. It's just 100%. one place to look. Um, and for me, I shaved my head when I was about 20. And that act of going from long curly hair that I wore in pigtails to a shaved bald head a hundred percent shifted how people perceived me in this world and I never looked back and the scripts that they interacted with you through yeah and now people strangers. either think I'm a monk a cancer survivor or queer and I can tell which they think I am based on how they approach me it's fascinating but again that social cue of a um, someone perceived to be female with a shaved head if I'm read that way it's either monk, someone who's sick, or a queerdo. Um, and I am all three, actually, as it turns out. Um, <laughs> so speaking of hair, we also have pubic hair and armpit hair and leg hair. And what we do with all of this hair has so much to do with our scripts as well. And brings us to thank our second sponsor for this episode, Manscaped.com. Because when it comes to pubic hair, some folks like fully grown pubic hair. Others love to go totally bare down there. But there's also a huge range of options when it comes to grooming your pubic hair from a little trim or totally down to the skin. We can all choose to grow or groom our body hair and make different choices over time. We personally have been loving using the lawnmower tool from manscaped.com. This is their fourth generation body grooming trimmer designed to artfully and safely groom the groin with advanced skin safe technology. It's beautifully designed, comes with a recharging station and offers a versatile range of trimming options. Anyone can use this tool. Its small nimble head is just right to groom around all the most sensitive parts of our human bodies. Explore their full line of grooming tools and join the over 2 million humans who trust manscaped.com for their most delicate grooming needs. That's manscaped.com and use the code pleasure for 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, use the code pleasure for 20% off and free shipping. And big thanks to Manscaped for sponsoring this episode and bringing this beautiful pleasure tool into our lives. 
Mm-hmm. I want us to be gentle with ourselves because we're talking about these scripts that are invisible, but they are so tangible. They influence and impact so many of our thoughts, our actions, and our self-perception. Like who, like, do you feel like you are a good human, valuable and belonging in this world? And that core question is so tender and raw for so many of us because of these systems that tell us you have to be good in all of these ways to be valuable and belong. And it's just not true. You are valuable and you belong because you are human. Whatever your expression. And we have to get back to the point where we feel that inherently and we all are taking care of each other. And we find community that does uphold that (laughs) because not every community does uphold that. No, our world does not uphold that. That's what I'm saying. Like that is a beyond this lifetime kind of dream is building a world where we all feel that safe, inherent belonging. In the meantime, we're here to tell you, we love you. Mm. You have value to us as a human being, as an erotic being. And you get to choose how you express that beingness. And of course, each of us has more or less freedom and safety and social support. But we can each inch towards this and support one another in being more expressive and getting off script and writing our own rules and encouraging each other when people are taking risks or pushing outside of what we previously might have deemed quote-unquote proper and I think that's a way to start looking for these um, scripts if you can't totally see them is like where are your shoulds what do you feel like you have to do and what can you not do because it would impact everything and where are your sparkles like where are the things that are most you that are most interesting and specific to who you are and this is what I'm noticing I've been going to a lot of parties this summer meeting a lot of humans connecting with a lot of new cuties and really realizing that the specificity of who we are is where it's really interesting Mm -hmm. and where it gets sexy and as I said like those peacock feathers we throw up to each other Who do you want to attract into your life? It's people who find you specifically as a human being fascinating and can't get enough of you. And so the more you share specifically who you are and all facets and even the facets that don't make sense together and get vulnerable in that way. And I've had to do this in turn as I meet new people. It's like, how do I expose those parts of me that are just me? And that have always been me and that have been like pushing to express themselves always in this life. Um, Who you are specifically is where a lot of your power and magic is. Wow, this episode has gotten big. And other places I just want to add, are there are there things that you just are one more just thing. one more thing? Are there things that you don't allow yourself like in your imagination, in your erotic imagination, in your conception of who you are allowed to be and embody? Is there anything that you know that you're kind, you're not letting yourself explore? Like, is there anything in your consciousness that comes up? Because I feel like that can be a clue of like, we're, we're pushing something away quite actively. What yes, does that area is, I was going to say where there's a lot of charge in the no, uh-huh. where it's not uh-huh. like, oh, that's just not for me. It's just not neutral. Like, yeah, eh, eh. Eh. it's the things that are like, oh, no, I couldn't. Or could you? Explore those areas again in fantasy alone for now, and then you can inch towards allowing it for yourself. And we are here to root you on every step of the way. 
And when you think of things like our online courses, these are permission givers as much as they are educational. And we've had folks enroll in something like the erotic spanking course when they've been totally solo, had no one to spank or be spanked by, but engaging with that course, learning about spanking was a way of saying yes to it. Mm -hmm. And then I heard from them, you know, two years later, I finally met someone and I had all of this skill to offer when they asked for a spanking. Thank you. That is amazing. That is beautiful. And that's why we offer these resources is to be there with you. We can't be with you in the room as we used to in our sold out workshops coast to coast. When we realized we wanted this to be a global conversation, we want to be there with you in your living rooms, your bedrooms, as you walk your dogs and do your dishes. But also with the online courses, you can queue up videos of us guiding you through new erotic skills, whether that's full body massage and following Charlotte's hands as they glide down your lover's back and you swoop onto their butt and create that yes moment with full body massage or you're spanking along with us and learning new rhythms and strokes for kinkier pleasures. We have so much available for you. This has been our full-time work for 15 years. You will find it all at pleasuremechanics.com. Join our global community of over 12,000 pleasure seekers who are using these online courses for more pleasure, joy, and connection in their lives. You'll find it all at pleasuremechanics.com and we will be back with you soon with another episode of Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure. Pleasure.